finally The Chosen, a world-renowned Christian TV series, has come out to show full support for LGBTQ after a pride flag was spotted on their set. Watch this. I thought Judas and Z doing laundry together would be one of the most fascinating scenes in season four. One of the most fascinating scenes in season four. Here is actually what happened. So one of our crew members, uh, one of my favorite crew members actually, uh, an independent contractor, he has a three-inch pride flag on his own personal equipment. Uh, he has it on every project that he works on. He's, uh, he's had it on his equipment on our project for over a year. He's been with us for a while. And uh, it happened to show up in the corner of one of our behind-the-scenes videos for a few seconds. When they were confronted about it as to why they would have a pride flag on the set of a Christian TV series, an official social media account for the chosen defended the appearance of a rainbow-colored pride flag on the set. No, 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 no. That's not what people need. And if I'm being totally honest, I'm not surprised at all. There were many concerns and controversies surrounding the Christian TV series The Chosen. Nothing has the power that the Word of God has. I think about that when I see this uh, film The Chosen. I guess uh, I don't like that. I don't like that because some of it's biblical and some of it's not. And you can't make up the Bible story any way you want. Fidelity to the Bible is is everything. First, there were concerns about the show altering and adding to the Bible. It, it's one of the things that makes it so compelling to watch is that you're 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 filling in between the lines in ways that don't detract from the biblical text. It, it may be a little extra biblical because it's the creative process of doing this. Some of you might be sitting there right now going, well, I, I don't know that I see anything wrong with that. We'll talk later. It may be a little extra biblical because it's the creative process of doing this, but it's really enhancing it. The Bible ends with a warning in Revelation 22, don't add anything to this, right? Don't take anything away. The Word of God is sufficient. Second, there are concerns about the show partnering with the Mormons who, one would agree, have a different gospel, a different Bible, and a different Jesus. False religions and uh, heretical Christian cults, you know, all have an aberrant Christology. They all have an aberrant corrupted Christology. The Mormons think that Jesus is the spirit brother of Lucifer who was a created being created by God who himself was a created being. All the cults have an aberrant view of Christ. The Holy Spirit does not. But listen very carefully to what the founder and producer of the show, Dallas Jenkins, had to say about this. If I actually made the statement, um, evangelicals and LDS love the same Jesus, or LDS are Christians, that would be a problem, and here's why. Not because there aren't LDS folks who are Christians, and not because there aren't LDS and evangelicals who love the same Jesus, but because it would be wrong of me to ever say that any one group believes any one thing altogether. Listen to Vody Bauckham elaborate on that. If you look at those original documents, the, the, the question would not have been, are, are you willing to you know, not call Mormonism a cult? But the question would have been, are you willing to acknowledge Jesus Christ and that all other things outside of him would be a cult? We, we've come full circle uh, in, in that. And it just seems bizarre that now we are we are willing to cut people off if they are not willing to say that it's okay for a man to believe that, you know, Elohim had sex with Mary, you know, Jesus was a product of that, he had three wives, they had multiple children, and that you, if you are a good Mormon, will eventually go and inhabit your own planet and through infinite celestial sex, 
uh, you will populate that planet and be your own Christ on your own planet. And now we have people in the press who are putting microphones in the faces of candidates and saying, I dare you to call that a cult. And they're saying, Nose of balls, we won't do that. <laughs> now listen very carefully to Dr. John MacArthur answering a question on the beliefs and doctrines of Mormonism, and you'll see that they have nothing to do with Christianity or the Jesus of the Bible. MacArthur, uh, yesterday you spoke a little bit about Mormonism, mm -hmm. and today about how Jesus is the only way. Uh, at my school and, and places, I encountered these people, and yeah, yeah, we disagree, but they say we basically believe we, we believe in Jesus too, and we believe he died on the cross. I was wondering how I can talk to them and how I would approach them without, like, I don't want to call them demon worshipers or anything like that. <laughs> uh, you, you may get to that <laughs> of necessity. Um, just to talk about Mormonism for a moment because we all confront this. I, um, I've had a couple of personal private meetings with the theological brain trust of BYU who came down, spent hours and hours with me. Robert Millett, I don't even know that name, who writes most of, of their stuff on theology. And um, we have talked through all of these issues. Here's the problem. They are polytheists. They, they have millions of gods, just, just millions of them and more all the time. Every time Mormons have a baby, they potentiate another god. So this is anything but Christian in its view of God. They have a Christ who is another Jesus. And another Jesus is a way to preach another Jesus and you get cursed. Uh, Second John. I have nothing to do with them uh, or become a partaker of their evil deeds. But what they said to me was, we love Jesus. In fact, they said, we love Jesus so much, and we want our young people at BYU to love Jesus. And so we've had our students in some of the classes read the gospel according to Jesus that you wrote to help them to love Jesus more. Well, I went into panic. What did I leave out? <laughs> that, that was not a good experience for me. <laughs> but they, they said to me, we also believe in grace. And they do. They, they, they have this sort of this massive grace concept that most people, even though they don't become Mormons, they won't get, there are three heavens in Mormonism, and only one of them is, is where you want to be. The other two are, you're stuck with being single forever. There's a lot of weird sexuality in Mormonism, as you know, that uh, is part of it. But there's, there's this first heaven, which is where grace operates. And this is a kind of near universalism, where just because God is gracious. He'll let you into that place, and it's better than hell. Uh, most people will get to that place, but you're stuck being single and you're stuck in a deprived situation. But if you have any desire to get to the second or the third, then you better crank up the works. 
So in the end, the wrong God, wrong Christ, wrong way of salvation. They also say <clears throat> the Bible is corrupt. You see that in all their literature. The Bible has been corrupted. It is not trustworthy. It is not always right. It is not correct. Um, and you have to you have to turn to them for the correct interpretation of it and all of that. So I, I think you can start with the authority of Scripture. You can start with the person of God. You can start with the person of Christ. Or you can start with salvation by grace. They even said to me, I, we believe in, in, in salvation by grace, grace. And I said, well, explain the full extent of that. Well, God didn't have to give us a way to earn our way into heaven. So it's a gracious thing that he allows us to do that. But I think you can pick any one of those you want, or try one and then try another. But you need to, you need to first distance them from Christianity. This is the thing they're trying, they're trying to close the gap. This is their formidable effort. You need to make sure they understand that this is more like Hinduism and paganism and false religion than it is anything to do with Christianity. And so they need to understand that, that they are anything but Christian. They are, they are seriously, fatally and terminally non-Christian. Jonathan Wumi, the person who plays Jesus in the Chosen TV series, is a devout Catholic. And I don't think it's a problem for an actor to be a Catholic in order to play a certain role in a Christian TV series. However, when the producer of the show, Dallas Jenkins, claims to be a Protestant Christian and seem to have capitulated to Mormonism and Catholicism, that's an issue. And Jonathan Wumi, for his recent role in the movie Jesus Revolution, did something that the Bible forbids any Christian to do. Watch this. Before I started work, I went over to Christ Cathedral and uh, I, I sat by his grave and I prayed a rosary with him. Oh, he didn't realize he's buried there too. He's, oh yeah, he's buried there, yeah. Oh, well, I'm gonna have to go take a look at that. Yeah, it's 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 powerful. In fact, I sat down and I prayed with him. Um, the, the, the space just to his right is empty. So I got to sit down or lie. At one point I even lied down because I just thought it would be kind of interesting to try to connect in some way. That's probably more information than you need or may even want to publish. But that said, uh, I, you know, I, it's the truth. And so I finished praying with him and I said, Lonnie, I want to honor you with this film. And I really want to, um, to, to, to bring justice and, and, you know, the testament to the gifts of God's grace and, and powers that you, you know, displayed while you were on this earth. And so if this is a good idea that I do this film, have somebody give me a sign. Give me a sign, have God give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And the minute the words left my mouth, behind me there was a door open to the cathedral and this giant chord rang out for about five seconds. And then- From started. the organ. From the organ. Wow. He prayed at the grave of a dead man who lived as a homosexual to give him a sign from God. But two years ago, Dallas Jenkins took a trip to Rome with Jonathan Rumi to meet the Pope. Watch this. Actor Jonathan Rumi and director Dallas Jenkins were among the crowd at the Pope's general audience in Paul VI Hall. When it was their turn to greet the Pope, Rumi asked Pope Francis to bless some rosaries. Then the actor assured him of his prayers. Then the series director Dallas Jenkins introduced himself. Protestant, but I am making a show for everyone who loves Jesus. So 
again, this is another compromise that we have to call out because Roman Catholicism is not true Christianity. They have a different gospel, a different way of salvation that is other than having faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. People caught up in the Roman system are not saved Christians. They are lost people on their way to eternal hell. We have to continue to evangelize them. We cannot be deceived, we cannot be fooled as if they belong to Christ when in fact they do not. That has been the conviction of the true church for centuries, as you well know. We cannot reach a point now where we redesignate people in the Roman Catholic Church as believers in Christ or we will cut them off from the necessary exposure to the true gospel which alone can bring them salvation. Now with this latest development, with their defending of the pride flag appearance on their TV set, that makes it even more complicated. Turning Point USA contributor and former sports reporter John Wood asked The Chosen to explain the presence of the pride flag on set. An official social media account for The Chosen said that the initiative uses the work of those who have varying beliefs about Jesus, but insisted that the project would still be able to accurately honor his life and ministry. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality, and two, deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. All of the cults have to do this. You have to make Jesus something that he's not, someone that he's not. So ultimately, we're talking about the person and work of Christ. And that's where we got to get back to. We've got to get back to the person and work of Christ. All of that other stuff is great. It's wonderful. It's interesting. If you want to talk about all of that, sure, we can talk about all of that. But eventually, the conversation has to come back around to the person and work of Christ, who he is and what he's done. Notice that I did not say who he is to me and what he's done for me. John Wood pressed the Chosen to answer whether it's God-honoring to promote a symbol that represents sexual immorality, a worldly definition of marriage, and the idea that we can change our biological sex, noting that the controversy comes shortly before the start of Pride Month. Shouldn't every part of the show be biblically based to truly honor the authentic Jesus? If you stand by having a Pride flag on your set, you're not a Christian show, Wood added. You're a production that happens to be about Jesus while catering to the sin of of this fallen world. This was beautifully said by John Root. And I know that there are people who simply do not care about any of that. As long as they can be entertained, that is sufficient for them. My friend, the Christian life is not only about entertainment. The Christian life is about honoring Christ, honoring God and his word. I guess that's why we are in this predicament that we're in. A society completely depraved, both religiously and culturally. Why? Because most people, including so-called Christians, did not and still do not care to speak against evil. When something is unbiblical, we ought to point it out. But most people seem to not care. We cannot under any circumstance replace the gospel by that which is not the gospel. We cannot replace that which is biblical by that which is unbiblical. What we do in the midst of this sin-sick age that has rejected the gospel and perverted the gospel and replaced the gospel with that which is not the gospel is that we call out that wickedness. We call it by name and we remind people of the good news of the gospel again and again and again until it tastes sweet to them. When people say, no, our, our problem is this, our problem is that, we say, no, 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 our problem is that God created the world and God created man and he put man in the garden to keep the garden and he gave the man a command. 
And he held that man to perfect, perpetual obedience to that command. And he promised him life if he kept it and death if he didn't. And he didn't keep it. He ate. And because he ate, because of that one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. And everyone born from that man through ordinary generation inherited that man's sin nature. And because of that sin nature, sins proceed from it. And our world is broken because of that sin. And we stand guilty before a holy and righteous God. And we know that he's holy and we know that he's righteous and we crave justice. But the problem is that if God gives us justice, we all die. And so that God in his goodness and in his mercy sent forth his son who was not born of ordinary generation but was born of a virgin. Yes, the virgin birth matters. Why? Because if he's born of ordinary generation, he's born in sin. But because he's not born of ordinary generation, he's not born in sin. He's clean of sin. His record is clean. And he keeps his record clean. And he obeys God's law. And because he's fully God and fully man, he obeys the law of God on our behalf in his active obedience. And then in his passive obedience, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. All we like sheep had gone astray. Each of us had turned to his own way, but God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And Christ died for sin once for all, the just for the unjust. And God imputes our sinfulness to him. And he nails our sinfulness to the tree. And Christ dies and raises again on the third day for our justification. And there's another imputation. The righteousness of Christ is actually imputed to us so that God can be both just and the justifier of the one who places faith in Jesus Christ so that all those who come to Christ may enter in, so that all those who place faith in Christ might be saved, but not only saved, but sanctified because he's the firstborn of many brethren. We're justified and we're adopted into the family of God and we're sanctified. And as his children, we began to bear the family resemblance and we're further sanctified throughout this life by the very same gospel that saves us until one day when it's all said and done, we're not just saved from the penalty of sin, we're not just saved from the power of sin, but one day we're glorified and saved from the very presence of sin. That's the gospel that we preach. That's the gospel that we need. And that's the gospel that's more than enough. That's it for this video, guys, and I hope it was a blessing to you and your family. Subscribe to our Patreon to help us do more videos like this, and make sure to follow us on Rumble because you never know when YouTube might take this channel down. I hope to see you on our next video with Love in Christ, John Henry with the Gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm.